toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes 73, 78, and 90. And I've personally been receiving the scalar light energy daily, and I've really noticed the shifts in my own energy, including deeper sleep with the chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a beautiful gift I've been able to provide for my family. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Crystal Holm. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. So please spread the word to your family and friends and join us each week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I would like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath into your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, and breathe that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Crystal Holm. She is a feng shui master, interior designer, and clutter expert who helps work from home entrepreneurs turn their spaces into offices they love to work in, even if they suck at it. 
<laughs> Using her proprietary framework called the Designed Life Method, Mind, Body, Soul, Home, she helps her clients declutter and design a workspace that empowers them to create the life and business that they want. Crystal shows people how to use their workspace as a 3D vision board to help them design who they are becoming and the life they want with it right into their space. Thank you so much for being with us today, Crystal. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Mm -hmm. Me too. Can you tell us about your journey and what has led you down this spiritual path? Oh, well, <laughs> um, I, it, I really, it started for me when I was a little girl. Um, I mean, all of it really. Um, I grew up in a, in a very abusive home. One of my escape mechanisms was decorating, right? Rearranging my space, trying to create a safe space in my own like space. And I, I was actually introduced to magic more than anything. Um, I always say energy work, but really, really when I was introduced to it, I was introduced to it as magic um, when I was little. And I really thought that was the only way I was going to be able to escape was magically manifesting something different. And, and it worked for a little while, <laughs> not forever, but, you know, eventually I, I did outgrow that um and be able to be out on my own um and really kind of start my life and my healing journey um to be honest it took a long time but it it sort of has some, been something that's what I've been doing pretty much since I was eight actively I would say I went to school to become an interior designer and it was really when I was in school that I was formally introduced to feng shui, right? I'd heard about it. Um, I knew it had to do with energy and sort of empowering you around your space, but I didn't, like, I didn't really feel like I understood it. And when I was in college, I had to write a psychology paper on something related to my field of study. And so that was the topic that I chose. And so I actually approached it from this whole different idea, right? It wasn't like I was coming at it from the interior design part. I was coming at it from like the psychology perspective when I first started looking at it. And so it was really something that I, that struck a chord, right? That I understood, like, this is about energy and this is about manipulating that energy in such a way that you can change your life. And to me that clicked it didn't make sense, right? After reading all the books, I didn't understand it. And I was super confused about how it worked. But at its core, I understood that this was something that would help me be the best version of me. Mm, I really love, I really love that perspective. And just to educate um, our listeners and myself, quite honestly, could you give us kind of an overview of what feng shui is? Just to help us understand a little bit from that tradition. Sure. Um, so it's really a science that is based in architecture, physics, and algebra, and geometry. And so it's really about the study of the flow of energy in your, well, in your space on the planet, but like macro, macrocosm, microcosm, right? Whether it's the whole planet or all the way down to the room that you live in, right? We are looking at the flow of energy in your space and manipulating it and harnessing it so that you can use your space really as 
what it's meant to be, right? Your castle, your sanctuary, the place where you go to recharge so that you can go out and, you know, conquer the world. Yeah, that that's kind of how I would describe feng shui. There's a lot of math involved and there's a lot of technical stuff involved, but the purpose of it is that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So it sounds like there's just a lot of like the energetics and I know like space is so important when we're in a clean space, you know, there's such a different feeling than when we are in a place of clutter or, you know, it feels more chaotic, you know, and just tuning into our own bodies and how that really feels can help us tap into how a space and ourselves are interacting with each other. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and, you know, your work with clutter and how this really truly impacts people. Absolutely. Um, where should I start? <laughs> that, is, that, that is a bigger question than maybe you know, but that's, that's a lot. Your space is a mirror for what's going on internally, mentally, and emotionally for you. That's It's literally a reflection. So when it comes to like the clutter of our space, clutter, we don't talk about it a lot in feng shui. And for me, it was like my own journey of studying the psychology of feng shui even deeper. Clutter really reflects the parts that keep us stuck. So the thoughts and beliefs that we have around, mostly I find it's around scarcity, worthiness, and obligation. And, and those will be the, the physical, the clutter is the physical manifestation, the fitness, the physical reflection of those beliefs. And so it stagnates the energy in our space, but it also stagnates the energy in our efforts and our results in the world. And so you can actually map it out in your home where, like where you are stuck based on what, like your clutter. Because we have this instinctual, innate tendency to put things in places that are in alignment energetically with how we feel and where that space is and where that energetic, because you're, you have an energetic field and your home has an energetic field. And those two things, when you move in, is a lot like getting married, right? You have to merge them together and your energy will taint the, the, the energy of your space with like the color of you. And so all of that has to do with your thoughts and your beliefs. And you will put things where it feels right energetically, but often it's what feels right with what's out of alignment inside of us mentally and emotionally. And so then we reflect those things back to us to continually reinforce those beliefs because that's what's in alignment with what's true for us. And it's especially problematic when it comes to all of those beliefs around scarcity, around worthiness, and around obligation. And it keeps us small in our lives. It keeps us unhealed. Wow, that's really fascinating on so many levels. You're right. That, that was a big question to unpack. Right. We're scratching the surface. I haven't even unpacked it yet. Like I'm starting to give you like, a, this is what we're going to have to unpack to dig into this. So, wow. So it sounds like there there can be with with clutter. And when you talked about worthiness and, and um, scarcity, that there can be a lot of trauma Thoughts. kind of 
trauma kind of held within our own energetic field that we are projecting onto our space. Am I understanding that correctly? That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Our big T traumas and our little T traumas, right? But can you give us like an example to, to just so I can like envision that? Like what would be a, a typical thing you would see, like a typical trauma um, and then the person's space, like what, what does it look like with trauma that they're projecting outward? Sure. Um, big ones happen to be a lot around worthiness, right? I'm not good enough. And people will then have everything in their environment, not everything, but large percentages of the things in their space reflect that back to them. Like sheets. Here's a perfect example, right? There was a woman that she had the same set of sheets for it was more than five years. This has been a long time ago, so I can't remember the exact number of time. I want to say it was like eight or 10 years that she'd had this set of sheets. These sheets were scratchy and uncomfortable and ugly, like visually ugly. She didn't like the pattern. She didn't like the print. They were uncomfortable on her skin. They were scratchy during her sleep. And yet she slept on them every night for almost a decade. And it had nothing to do with the fact that she couldn't afford 45 bucks to go to the store to buy a new set of sheets. Because on average, in most places, I think it's about 45 bucks you can buy new sheets. We talked about it, I remember, right? Because that's where it is in the country I'm in. That was about what they were in the country she was in, less than $50. And these are first world countries. These are not, you know, like she could afford it. That had nothing to do with it. She had everything to do with, she just refused to make the time to go. And or when she was at the store where they were readily available, right? Target has sheets all the time, right? I mean, I go to Target pretty religiously, (laughs) you know, like, but she had access to buy them at any point in time. But for a decade, she just didn't. And it was just around worthiness, right? That she just didn't think she deserved something better. And she... And it was a deep, deep seated thought. This was never a conscious, I don't deserve better sheets. It's just a, when you don't make the time to take care of yourself and love yourself and treat yourself like you love yourself, it's because you don't think you're worth it. Like deep, deep down from childhood, somewhere, somehow you learned that you weren't worth it. And that is expressed in how we, you know, just like that, like sheets that we will sleep on and wake up unrefreshed, right? Mm -hmm. You're not rested. You're not recharged. You've absorbed eight hours of swamp water energy. Mm -hmm. And now that's what you get to function on for the next day. Mm -hmm. And you do that over and over and over again for a decade. That's worthiness. Like Mm -hmm. at its core, that's worthiness. And then what about like scarcity? Like, where do you see, you mentioned scarcity as a belief. How do you (laughs) see that? How do you see that show up in someone's physical space if it's if it's a mental belief system that I live in lack or I I there's just not enough to go around how does that show up it often shows up like hoarding oh it often Mm. shows up that way anything that is just in case is scarcity Mm. literally if you're holding on to something just in case whatever fill in the blank that's a scarcity thing period always it's everywhere. It's, it's very common. Um, sometimes collections can be about scarcity. Sometimes collections can be about obligation. Sometimes they, it depends, right? Each 
it's always different. I can't, it's hard to, I mean, like I can pretty much say if it's just in case it's about scarcity, but a lot of times it's, it's hard to determine some things until you really dig into, I have my own method for how I teach people to, you know, to really look at their clutter and to learn to listen to what it's trying to tell them because it's literally screaming at them all day long. Um, so I have my own method of, of how I teach people to declutter, which is very, very different from your average decluttering sort of method. Would you um, like to expound on that, on, on your method? Yeah. I mean, it's five steps. Most people like to start, you know, obviously we all start with step one, right? And most people want to go straight to step five, right? They'll do some things in the middle, you know, sorting it out and, you know, trying to just, but then they want to go straight to the last step, which is the getting rid of it. Like, here's my clutter. Now I have to get rid of it. But the three steps in the middle are really where the magic happens of using your clutter as a healing tool to be able to dig into what is this mirroring to me? What is it telling me about what I believe and what, where is there work to be done? What do I need to heal right now so that I can stop playing small in my life? Right. What is keeping me stuck here? Right. Not having the life and the results in my life that I want. And so everybody wants to skip over the steps two, three, and four, which is where all of the magic happens. And so, yeah, I think those questions sound like a really beautiful way to uncover some of those deep seated, you know, beliefs or traumas, you know. Because it is, it's an inquiry process, right? Because if we're not getting to the root there, then we're just going to pile back the clutter that we had that we are getting rid of. And we're just going to replace it with more clutter. Right. It's just like replacing a boyfriend with a whole new boyfriend that is exactly the same man that you dated previously. He's just got a different face and a different body, but he's the same, you know, person, especially when you, like, I grew up in a super abusive home. So for me, abuse was very normal, right? So I went from one abusive relationship to another, right? They just, they were just different people with the same, Mm -hmm. and some of them were slightly different abusers. It's just, but when that's like your normal, Mm -hmm. right? You're kind of screwed from the get-go because now you think love is all about abuse. So there's a lot of stuff in there that, yeah, you kind of got to. Yeah. So how, how do we like begin to, declutter our mindset so we can really help you know we've got these questions but what's um can you dig a little deeper with that and and share just like how do we begin to really declutter that and go deep within that process to support healing our space and ourselves yeah and that's why it takes all five steps right you have to go through each of the five you have to discover your clutter you have to diagnose it right you have to disconnect from it You have Mm -hmm. to dissolve those connections and then you can let it go, right? Then you can donate, get rid of, move on because now you've, you've severed that relationship. You've healed that story and you've, you're able to now move on to something else. You might have another story in there to unpack, right? But, you know, at least you're getting started, right? You're doing the work because the the physical clutter is just a reflection of the mental and emotional clutter. So if you don't do that part of the work, yeah, you are just going to continually replace that clutter with new clutter. 
Um, and it's going to keep mirroring the same stuff, the same story. And so you're going to keep living the same life. Mm-hmm. Is there an emotional component to that, like that you recommend? Is there something to help move through some of that energy on an emotional level? Um, Absolutely. Or- yeah, that's part of it. That's part of the method. When I deep dive into that with clients, we worked together for three months on this and we deep dive into it mm-hmm. um, very, very purposefully and very intentionally where, where I teach them really how to use it. Um, but I mean, people can get started just downloading it, um, you know, and, and work their way through each of those steps. They can download it at declutteryourmindset.com um, and walk them through how like that whole process of, okay. of getting it because you have to, you have to get very deeply into the emotional sure. part. Sure. Sounds like there's just such a very deep process and there's so many different things I'm sure that you run into that, you know, and so I'm wondering if you could just give a few more examples. I'm, I'm really enjoying hearing about those examples and I think our listeners could really relate you know, so what would, you know, maybe that potential meaning like that, because there's everyone has like that junk drawer or, you know, maybe a, their garage is disorganized and full of clutter or maybe that stack of papers they haven't gone through. Like, what would you say that would mean or, you know, maybe that, you know, you would maybe dig into like, how would that relate to someone's inner being? It depends on the person, but you know, excessive amounts of clutter, it can be any of those things. And a lot of it is just an unwillingness to face all of those things, right? The deeper we go into refusal to face our clutter, the deeper we go into those tendencies to hoard because it's easier to pack it away, right? In boxes in the garage or in the closet or the basement or the attic. Um, And all of those places have different significance, Right. So like if you're in the basement, most of your clutter, a lot of it frequently has to do with your past and the things that keep you stuck more like quicksand from moving forward. Whereas clutter that we put in the attic tends to act more like a glass ceiling and and holds us down in our beliefs and stuff. And it tends to be more about our future. You know, same with like the garage. We've got even where we put our garage, or where we put our garage, where we put our clutter and how we place it, how we box it up and try to hide it and refuse. All of that has a story to tell about what's going on. So that's fascinating. Like even the the where and how we put away the clutter is a reflection of what's going on internally. So how could how could decluttering, whether that's physical, mental, or emotional to help move stuck energy. So if we feel like stuck in a situation or something, how can decluttering help to bring more, I guess, energy or, or movement? Well, because clutter stagnates the, the, the movement of the energy in your space, which will also stagnate the flow of energy in your body and the flow of energy right in, like I said, in your world. So When you're decluttering, I always tell people it is the ultimate act of self-care and self-love because when you are decluttering and you're willing to go on that journey to face those things, even if you don't know what you're doing and you're just getting started with, I know this is clutter and I need to get rid of it, even that, being able to remove those things, it's like rocks in a river, right? 
it can dam up the river if you put enough rocks in there. But when you start removing them, then that river starts to flow again. The flow of energy starts to move again in your space. It's the same spark of life. It's the same chi that animates your body. So it will also start the flow of energy moving within your physical body, right? Moving the physical clutter will move the energy in your physical body. So that will also help your thoughts get moving. It helps everything get moving. Um, and it will help that energy being mirrored out into the world also move. Because when it's stuck and it's stagnant, all of it is stuck, right? Including your thoughts and what you're able to, to, to accomplish, right? Your productivity, like everything is stuck. When you start to then declutter that physical space, even if you just do the surface level stuff, some of it will go, right? You'll feel that your body able to move more. As you dig into the deeper level stuff, like what some of what we've been talking about with the different types of clutter, and you really start getting into the different steps, like the three through or two through three, when you're really diving in deeply to what it's telling you, then you're really shifting the energy on a whole nother plane of existence, right? Because now you're getting deeply into like a cellular level, which is where we hold our trauma, right? We hold it in our muscles and in our cells and in our nervous system. And so once we're able to get to the bottom of those, it's able to even move the energy in your body. Mm. Now, yeah, I, I love that because I mean, everything is energy. And so our, you know, how our inner reflects our outer and I can see that, you know, this might bring up a lot of trauma for people as they're beginning to release, you know, and, and really going through all the steps with that. Now, do you recommend or is there someone like a do you recommend someone working with a therapist or someone while they're also working with you to declutter their space? Have you noticed that that might be a need for someone as they're working through this? If they're already working with a therapist, yes, but I haven't experienced that where that has been a thing. No, mostly it just allows people to work through their own journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because I think sometimes, you know, the unconscious starts to pull up old memories. And so it will. Um, that mm -hmm. can be almost re-triggering or re-traumatizing for somebody if they're not, you know, if they haven't done a lot of the work already or maybe just need some support moving through that. So Right. That's why I work with them for three months to go through these mm -hmm. five steps so that they really, they really understand them thoroughly and what they're yeah. doing so that they're not just running off willy nilly to, you know, to go experiment, right? right. This, is, this is decades worth of work um, that yeah. is that, you know, that has all been put together into developing the system for what I teach, because we've just scratched the surface yeah. of talking about clutter and, and how we go into the decluttering process. We aren't even really past step two yet. <laughs> like we haven't talked at all about, you know, the remaining three steps that so are part Tell of us this. about it's, those. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's where we go deep. That's mm -hmm. where we do go really, really deep and dig, get into the work. Um, so, but yeah, it's, I haven't, I haven't had that experience where people have needed that. A lot of people that come to me have a lot of trauma, even around therapy, like I do. Mm-hmm. 
right? A part of the reason we didn't even get into <laughs> like my healing journey and how I got from point A to point B. But yeah, I had that as a child, right? When when I was eight, right? I told you my parents divorced and they both remarried. My mother remarried a, a violently abusive alcoholic pedophile. And when I told her, she called me a liar and took me to therapy and told him I'm a liar. And so every time I tried to talk to him about my abuse, I he would just shut me down and talk to me about stop lying. And so I had a big T, lots of big T trauma around traditional therapy and going to a therapist. And a lot of the people that come to me have similar stories and similar histories around that Mm. unqualified therapists taking on clients that they have no idea. I mean, obviously this was before trauma informed therapy became a thing. This was way back in the way back in the day, right? Still in, in in the seventies even. And so, yeah, if that's a thing that they need, I would encourage it, but it's, it's not, it's not something that my clients have, have ever really talked about needing this has been a good solution for a lot of them Mm, it does sound like it can be very healing internally as well as in someone's space so it's great that you provide that outlet turning a little bit i'm curious about workspaces Mm -hmm. so um what are some of like the results when you declutter a workspace because that has sometimes a different feel than the home And, and a lot of people now do work from home but not always but in terms of like the idea of you know work career space how does one create a space or declutter a space where they where they basically you know it reflects what they want in their in their business or in their career how do we how do we can you ask me that i'm sorry rephrase yeah. that for me <laughs> sure so like when we talk about workspace when we declutter our workspace whether that's like a home workspace environment or whether that's something outside of there how do we create the space of like what we want to create in in our job or in our career um, to reflect that outward yeah well clutter is clutter And it'll tell the story whether it's in, no matter what room it's in, it will tell you the story. Um, But when you declutter in your workspace, right, that is, for me, I focus there because my clients are mostly work from home entrepreneurs. They spend, you know, eight hours a day in their office space, just like they spend eight hours a day, you know, or a night sleeping in their bedroom, right? They're spending, this is where they're absorbing their energy all day. This is um, so when we use that space, when we declutter that space and we get that energy moving, it's very much like being in a work sanctuary where you are charged up and empowered by being there. We, I always do feng shui as part of the work that I do with my clients. So we align them with their space, right? We align them intentionally to put them in their power position so that they are energetically supported by their their home and their office, right? Where they are, where they're working. Um, And then having the decluttered space, all sorts of benefits, right? Not only are they able to think more clearly and have their thoughts flow more clearly, but it tends to have a reflection in their outer environment too. Like 
more clients coming in, having business flow easier, right? Money flows in easier. It doesn't flow out as quickly, depending on the flow of energy in your space, right? If your energy is whipping through your space, your money's probably flowing out just as fast as it's flowing in. So we really look at each individual space because it's so personal, right? Your energetic frequency is totally different than her energetic frequency. Just like the energetic frequency of your home is different than hers. And so, you know, we look at it very, very one-on-one and personal so that you are fully in alignment so that your house is supporting you and your workplace is supporting you and lifting you higher rather than pulling you down and draining you energetically from that standpoint. Because a lot of clients, when they first come to me, like they're just... What they say is, you know, like, it's hard to go in. Like, I can't go to work. I just don't want to go in my space, Mm. right? They avoid it. They go to the dining room or the kitchen or they pace back and forth and they just can't force themselves to go in. And then after we work together, now they're in a space that they love and they're able to go in there and be productive. They, I mean, some of the times they will love it so much. They want to go hang out in there on their off time. Mm. Right. But so what do you mean? It's telling you about the energy of the space and what it feels like to be in there when you're in a space that feels like, I love to be in here. Think of what you're putting out Mm -hmm. into the world, not just energetically, but actual products. Like the love that goes into your products now is is able to come from everything, not just you, but from your whole space. Your everything that you're selling now in your business is imbued with this loving energy that you're able to to now send out further instead of trying to work in a a hot mess, right? In this cluttered up hoarders, you know, environment. What are you creating? What are you putting out into the world, right? That energy goes everywhere. It starts from you and everything you create and put out into the world is filled with that frequency. So if you're filling it with swamp water, right? It's different than if you're filling it with all of the love and care that you have put into creating this space for it to be in, right? This is your business. This is... This is the foundation of where your business exists, right? If you treat it like it deserves, right? With the, with all of the respect and love that you have for what you have created, that should show up in your environment and it will show up in what you're selling and in what your, your product that you're putting out into the world. I love that. That's why I focus on entrepreneurs because that's, I'm an entrepreneur. That's what I like. I, it's, it's part of my passion, but it's the principles are the same for every room in the house. It's just, that's the one that's particularly special to me. Yeah. And you know, if you're going into your office and you're not feeling motivated to go there, that inspiration to create is going to be stagnated. So I can see, you know, just creating the space that you want to be in and, you know, can create that openness and inspiration that, you know, we can have to, to create and put our, our vision into the world, into our, what we actually want rather than be, that's what I'm looking for, just 
compromised by her environment, you know, and so, or distracted by all the clutter. So I'm wondering, yeah, can you, I'm, I'm really interested in wanting to hear more about how, what your recommendations are with using feng shui and using your space as a 3d vision board to manifest the life that we truly want and desire. And so this is a fascinating for me. I want to, would love to hear about that piece. Right. Well, I don't believe in designing for who you are today. Mm-hmm. Pointless. Who you are today is a result of all the views from yesterday, but we're working on a space that is all about who are you becoming tomorrow? And what is the life that you are creating, right? The women that I work with are working on building businesses that transform their lives, transform the lives of their clients and transform the world. And so it's, I totally forgot what I was saying, which happens (laughs) to me, but who they are becoming is not a stagnant person, right? They are not stagnant. Their space might be, and they might be stuck at the moment, but they're not done. They are still on a path of growing and they still know I have to become another version of myself to achieve this next level of my business and the life that I'm trying to live. I can't keep carrying these beliefs around scarcity or worthiness or obligation. I have to get rid of those. I have to, I have to design space for who I'm becoming so that I have room to become her. And that's how I work. We design, first of all, who is that woman? (laughs) We, right. We sit down and have some really long conversations about who is she, who is, who are you becoming? And what is that vision, right? We have to know what the vision is. Also, deeper than what you typically see in a vision board. It's not about your car and it's not about your house. And it's not about, you know, those little things. It's about the details. Design is in the details. Life is in the details. So we have to design those things. We design who you're becoming so that we can design, so that then we can design the space that will allow room for her to be born and exist. And that way, all of the things that she is birthing and creating and putting out into the world have room to be born as well. Mm. That is how you create a 3D vision board out of your space. I imagine that would, you know, as you're creating how, you know, you of who you're becoming, you're also invoking the feeling behind that while you're creating that space, because that feeling and, you know, can, when you tap into that feeling that can really help to, to manifest that as well. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it. You have to know how you want to feel in that space so that you can create a space that feels that way. Mm -hmm. That's Um, so powerful. Yeah. Really powerful. Are there certain tools or, you know, things that you can give to our listeners that can help them with that process of creating that for themselves? Sure. Um, go through, I mean, I have the whole method, right? The, the, the decluttering part is just the first part of, of going through this method. You need to design all of the spaces, right, in that space. I strongly recommend designing a, a self-care space into your like workspace. If this is where you are going to be all day, make room to take care of yourself, Mm, right? Do a feng shui alignment, 
I don't recommend doing it yourself. I don't recommend trying to read a book on it because I've got tons and tons of stories all about that and why I don't recommend it. But unless you are trying to become a feng shui consultant, the level of knowledge that you need to have in order to do it correctly is, you know, you might as well go to college to get a master's degree. Mm. So to think you're going to just DIY it off of a book or two out of the library. Nope. It's not going to work. So work with a professional on that. And then literally, yeah, design it into the space. It's your home is your castle. They may have taken that law away from us now and stripped that right from us, but your home is still your castle. You have to design your space for the person that you want to be in order to make room for her to be exist. Mm. I have a question in regards to the castle. I love yes. I love that that image of the castle. What if what if you share your castle with someone who's maybe not on board and has a lot of clutter issues like when you have to share your castle mm-hmm. <laughs> with someone That's else okay. how how do you work through that because one person might be really on board with a decluttered very pristine castle and the other person maybe not so much. How do you work with that? I'm just curious. Right. Sometimes that's a thing. That's really a thing. It's, it's, but that's part of compatibility in relationships too, right? That, that's a big part of it. Some of that clutter is, well, their, your clutter is your ish, right? Their clutter is their ish. But when you are in a relationship with somebody, their ish, right? Their beliefs, their thoughts, their impact you, right? They will impact everything about how you interact with those people, right? Your thoughts on everything, how to raise children or how to not raise children or how to do the dishes, how to all of those little things energetically are either in sync or out of sync. If they won't get on board with a lot of times, it just doesn't work. Sometimes that person is the clutter. And sometimes that's a really hard thing to say. But if they won't face their shit on your healing journey, you are going to outgrow them and you're going to outgrow their clutter. And as much as you might love them, sometimes you have to choose to love you more and you have to just move on because clutter is not just the physical objects. It's the people in our lives. Also, sometimes we have to declutter them. And recognizing what's not serving us anymore. Right. And, and, and when you're trying to have conversations around very, very personal things like clutter, it's sort of like marriage counseling. It's, it, there's very, there's a lot of stuff in there to unpack. Um, and I, I don't take that lightly when I run across that. I, I'm very much a direct type of person. I have ADHD and directness is, is just part of how I speak. I do believe directness is a sign of love. I do tread carefully, but I will tell you directly that I've had that happen before with clients where I have had to say, I, I think it's time to like declutter your marriage, right? These were relationships that were already in divorce conversations. And it was like, Hey, it's, it's time to stop fighting for and stop fighting for your, you know, start fighting for yourself. It's they're part of the clutter sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's our family, right? That's part of the clutter. I'm not a big believer in 
tolerating abusive relationships from people, whether that be our parents or our siblings or our spouses, your friends, your friends, Mm -hmm. right? You name it. I'm not a big believer in, I did, I did for most of my life, tolerated abusive relationships. I had boundaries with some people because I had nothing but abusive relationships. And it wasn't until I really started setting very, very strict boundaries with all of those relationships that I finally started healing those abusive relationships and just stopped having them. Mm-hmm. You can't heal other people's crap. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a journey to heal your trauma and your partner is not, you're either going to get stuck where they are or you're going to outgrow them. It's just mm-hmm. a simple fact. Yeah. Not every relationship is meant to last forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find that, you know, as we're, your relationship with yourself. Exactly. I find that as we're doing the healing work, you know, the people, relationships that are, you know, not serving or they're, they're having, they're, they're done teaching us those lessons, you know, they actually begin to fall away and new relationships begin to take their place with, you know, at the level of the healing that you've already done. So yes. So I think there can be a lot of fear and, you know, like letting go of, you know, that pile of crap and, you know, in your room, but relationships, I think can be, you know, there's a fear too of that scarcity and that can go run really deep with that. But I, you know, to recognize that, you know, as with everything, things are in abundance and you will eventually get to have that thing or person place, you know, that will fill in that space, you know, once we are ready to let go of what we're really willing to let go of. I agree. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would add to that is say, it's not just about scarcity. It's also about worthiness and Mm -hmm. obligation, right? Mm -hmm. I'm married to this person. I've been with this person for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm, we promised till death do us part. I'm obligated to Mm -hmm. stay, right? I'm not worth it. I won't find somebody better. The only people mm-hmm. I'm going to find out there is shittier than what I already got. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to settle for this semi-shitty human so I don't have a shittier human, right? Because I don't think I'm worth a better human, right? It's all in there. It's not just about scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. It's all of those things, yeah. especially in relationships. And mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest one. I'm glad you asked that question, even though it's one that we don't have time to unpack in the last couple of minutes. Of our thing. Like, that's a whole... That's a whole other episode. All on its own. But it's it's a big thing. And it's something that I talk about a lot with my clients because 90% of my clients are in relationships. Mm -hmm. And your clutter, your mutual clutter is a reflection of your relationship. Just like Mm -hmm. your individual clutter is a reflection of you. Your mutual clutter is, it's disrespectful of them to be unwilling to declutter in a space that you live in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says a lot about what they think about you when they refuse to get on board. Mm-hmm. It's abusive. Thank mm-hmm. you for that perspective, that direct perspective. I appreciate that in you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. This yeah, and please tell uh, our listeners where they can find you and just what you're currently working on. And any you know, special offer you mentioned before, you can mention that here again. Um, yes, well, download the, my free method for decluttering so that you can get started. First, you can download that at declutteryourmindset.com. That will put you into my email, right? You'll be able to reach out to me directly. You can email me and get in touch. That's really what I'm doing. I'm really 
making some overhauls to to my email and really making some changes to to having some of those conversations differently. Mm. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. And you know, you can find me on social media. I'm on YouTube. Um, if you want to come check out some of my more practical content about the how-tos of decluttering and designing and all of that, you can certainly find me there. But yeah, you can find me on any of the social media. Beautiful. And we'll add all that to the show notes too, so people can easily find you. And so and that's a whole other thing we didn't get into. I was thinking about the email thing. I know people, you know, the email can be another piece of clutter. So you know, I think that's important to, to know. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm actually doing some stuff about that right now that I'm probably you know, talking about in a couple of months because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sort of facing my own, like I'm doing some work in my email, but that is like decluttering my mm-hmm. list, right? I'm actively decluttering my list right now. So it's mm-hmm. people are getting unsubscribed if they're not, you know, like I'm, We'll be talking about that in a few more months, but after the process is <laughs> right yeah. now, I'm at the beginning. But yeah, you'll want to be, you know, be on my email list because mm-hmm. that is where a lot of goodies are going to be coming right now. Awesome. Um, that's my thing. Beautiful. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for being here today and sharing this beautiful conversation. Absolutely. And- my pleasure. Yeah. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love and to contribute please visit our patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and stay tuned for more episodes being released on mondays and thursdays at 5 55 a.m mountain time Thank you, Heatherlyn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heatherlyn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.